You know, there are certain professions that require credentials. Credentials are usually pieces of paper that are issued by a third party. And they say that this person is qualified to do such and thus or thus and such, whatever, whatever it may be. Walk into a doctor's office or a lawyer's office and you will see their credentials. And I think the credentials are only credentials if they're in a wood frame. I don't think they count unless they have the wood frame. I don't know if that's extra form or not, but it just seems like that's where the credentials always are. And as you look at those credentials, there's, their name is usually listed on there. The institution uh, gives them that, uh, is all included on that. And then there's usually a couple of three or four or ten signatures on there that say, yes, we are in agreement with that. This person didn't just do this on their own. And so we look in those and we see those credentials. And sometimes as we see those credentials, depending on the, the person who is the third party, uh, it kind of carries a little more load with it than other credentials. This morning we're continuing our journey through 2 Corinthians. And as we move verse by verse through 2 Corinthians, we find ourselves on the edge of 2 Corinthians chapter 3 this morning. And as we're together this morning, we want to look at these first six verses and kind of dive into this as the Apostle Paul speaks about credentials and the value of credentials. And as we look at this and as we see Paul speaking about this, uh, honestly, as we look at it, he has the greatest of credentials. But as we look at this, there's a reminder that we too have those same credentials. And that's an important thing for us to think about and, and think about the credentials that Paul had and the credentials that we have as followers of the Lord Jesus Christ. So hopefully you have your Bibles open already. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 3. And we want to begin reading there in verse 1. I'm reading from the English Standard Version. But this says, Are we beginning to commend ourselves again? Or do we need, as some do, letters of recommendation to you or from you? You yourselves are our letter of recommendation written on our hearts to be known and read by all. And you show that you are a letter from Christ delivered by us, written not with ink, but with the spirit of the living God, not on tablets of stone, but on tablets of human hearts. Such is the confidence that we have through Christ towards God, not that we are sufficient in ourselves to claim anything as coming from us, but our sufficiency is from God, who has made us sufficient to be ministers of a new covenant, not of the letter, but of the Spirit. For the letter kills, but the Spirit gives life. Now, as we look at this passage, as we dive into these verses here, the first thing we see is the credentials for self in the first three verses. And then we see confidence in Christ in verses four through six. Before we dive into this this morning, let's just pause for a moment. Great God in heaven, we're thankful for today. Grateful for the opportunity that we have to sit here, Lord, and open your word. And, and Lord, as we open your word on our laps this morning, your word is in our own language. It's a language we're somewhat familiar with, and we're grateful for that today. And I just pray, Lord, as we open your word, that your word would be open to us 
that we would hear from you today, not the ramblings of some man, but that we would hear from you today. And so, Lord, I pray your Holy Spirit would speak to our hearts this morning. We are so grateful for who you are. We are so grateful for your son, Jesus. And it's in his name we pray. Amen. The first thing we want to look at this morning as we begin here are the credentials for self. Now look at verse 1. Paul is writing here and he says, Are we beginning to commend ourselves again? Now as we have looked at Paul, we have seen him speaking about himself, a little bit about his ministry uh, in chapter 2. As we move through the book of 2 Corinthians, Paul is defending his own ministry. And so we see that. And here as he's speaking, here as he's sharing here, he's speaking about commending himself. Now, when we think about this word commend, uh, it is to introduce someone favorably, all right? That is the mindset here, is to introduce someone favorably. When we think about someone that we know and we're introducing them to someone, most of the time, not always, but most of the time, we'll say, hey, this is my real good friend, or hey, this is someone I know, I just want to, you know, and we kind of maybe do a little backstory, you know, about them, but we try to stay positive, as positive as we can about them, uh, to that other person that we're introducing them to. Uh, and so that's this idea of commending or introducing ourselves to them. And Paul's desire is not to commend himself to them. His desire is not to come before them and say, this is who I am. That's not Paul's desire. Proverbs 27 verse 2 says this, Let another praise you, and not your own mouth, a stranger, and not your own lips. So Proverbs, and this is Solomon that's sharing this, Solomon says, hey, it is much better for someone else to toot your horn. It's not good for you to toot your own horn. And Paul, is, as he's here and as he's sharing this, he's saying, you know what? I don't really want to toot my own horn. That's, that's not what I want to do. I, I shouldn't have to do that. That's, that's where Paul is at. All of the false accusations that were coming against Paul, uh, they were circulating in, around Corinth. And, and Paul, is, as all of this press is going out about Paul and, and bringing Paul's name into question and, and bringing his ministry into question, Paul's saying, you know what? You guys know me. I shouldn't, I shouldn't have to defend what I've done before you because you as believers know who I am. And as he's writing this and as we see all of these questions coming and as we see this bad press circulating through Corinth, it's almost as if the believers of Corinth had forgotten who Paul was. Uh, it's almost as if they had forgotten his character. It's almost as, as if they have forgotten what he stood for. All of this false teaching and all of this false press that was going on had kind of caused people to question Paul. And Paul is like, hey, look, that's just, that's just not how it is. That's just not how it is. Now notice what he says as verse 1 continues. Are we beginning to command ourselves again? Or do we need, as some do, letters of recommendation to you or from you? Now, this was something that the early church had kind of adopted, was that there was a need for letters of recommendation. 
as people traveled to other cities and, and began to share the word of God and, and came, they would bring letters of recommendation by, by people that were revered and respected. And so some of those people, as they traveled, they had those letters. So Paul's question is, do I need one of those letters? Have you guys forgotten who I am? Do I need to bring you a letter of commendation telling you who I am? Or amongst those who are, or who are in your midst, do I need you, those who recognize who I am, do I need you to write me a letter of recommendation so that I can share that with the rest of the church? This just isn't making sense. There's a possibility that some of these false teachers, as they came in, they were able to gain a platform in Corinth because of some of their letters of recommendation. Maybe they were false letters of recommendation or from someone they didn't really know, but because the seal of approval was on there and it was written in bold type that, hey, man, that's impressive. This guy has to know what he's talking about. It's a wood frame for crying out loud. It's got to be good. And that's kind of the mindset that was, that was there. And this is what Paul is asking. Look at verse 2. He says, you yourselves are our letter of recommendation, written on your hearts to be known and read by all. Paul, as he looks at the church of Corinth, he considers the people of Corinth as his letter of recommendation. He did not need another letter of credentials. Paul had faithfully poured his life into the people of Corinth for three and a half years. And as he looked at them, he knew the work that went into them. He knew the work that he had put into them. He knew that his work was, was trustworthy, that his work would stand alone. He saw the, the lives that were changed by the gospel message as he proclaimed it to them. He saw the evidence there. The gospel message was the message that Paul proclaimed in their midst. This is 2 Corinthians 2 verse 14. He says this, But thanks be to God who in Christ always leads us in triumphal procession, and through us spreads the fragrance of the knowledge of Him everywhere. As Paul thought about being in their midst the fragrance was evident. We talked about that a couple of weeks ago, how that fragrance was there, that fragrance was there. So Paul knew as he poured his life into them that that fragrance, that fragrance was present. That same fragrance had spread to Corinth and had spread from, from Corinth and spread throughout Corinth. And so he knew that fragrance was there. He knew that evidence was there. The very existence of the church of Corinth was evidence of Paul's ministry. It was evidence of Paul's apostolic authority and his authenticity. It was all there because of the very presence of that church. This was something that Paul addressed in 1 Corinthians in his first letter. He wrote this in 1 Corinthians 9. Am I not free? Am I not an apostle? Have I not seen Jesus our Lord? Are not you my workmanship in the Lord? If to others I'm not an apostle, at least I am to you. For you 
are the seal of my apostleship. So Paul told them then that they were the evidence of his ministry. And now he reminds them of that. And notice what it says here in verse 2. You yourselves are our letter of recommendation written on our hearts to be known and read by all. They were written on Paul's heart. Isn't it amazing how our own kids do that to us? My parents used to tell me how much they loved me and I would be like, yeah, right, whatever. But then I have my own kids. And I can remember when Devaney was born and the first time I saw her, man, I was, man, I love that kid. And, and you know, I wouldn't have traded her. Well, I might have traded No, I wouldn't have traded her. I wouldn't have traded her. Uh, but it's amazing how that does that to us, isn't it? Our kids and, and how that just changes our hearts and, and how it opens up a whole new, a new, whole new area of our heart that we didn't even know was openable. Uh, and our kids do that to us. And as Paul is looking at the people of Corinth, man, they were troubled kids at best. But he says, you guys are written on my heart. His love for them was great. Uh, this is 2 Corinthians 11, 11. Paul shares this. And why? Because I do not love you. God knows that I do. He loved them. He loved them. Loved everything about them. Uh, and so he's declaring that to them. Now look at verse 3. It says, You show that you are a letter from Christ, delivered by us, written not with ink, but with spirit of the living God, not on tablets of stone, but on tablets of human hearts. I think it's so amazing as we look at this that Paul quickly turns this to God. Uh, Paul doesn't uh, look to himself and, and give glory to himself. He doesn't desire to steal God's glory from God. Uh, they are letters from Christ. This is, this is Christ's letter. Jesus was the author of the Corinth people. He was the one. Uh, Paul simply was the letter carrier. He's simply the one that delivers the mail to us. Uh, and, and that's what Paul saw as his, as his role. It was the Holy Spirit who wrote on their hearts. It was the Holy Spirit that changed their hearts. And there was evidence of the transformation that had taken place uh, in Corinth. And Paul spoke about this in 1 Corinthians 6 verse 9. Or do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived, neither the sexually immoral nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor men who practice homosexuality, nor thieves, nor greedy, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. And such were some of you. You see, God had touched them and their, their lives had been transformed. And Paul saw that their lives had been transformed. Paul knew that their lives had been transformed. Their lives had been transformed by the gospel. Not by his own doing, but the gospel, the letter that Paul carried there, the, the good news of Jesus Christ. And it transformed lives. And as Paul shares that, he says, my credentials may be, uh, you know, I don't want to share my own credentials. I don't want it to be about me. My confidence is in Christ. That's, that's where the real confidence lies, is in Christ. Look at verse 4. 
Such is the confidence that we have through Christ towards God. Paul had no confidence in himself. It wasn't his own doing. It wasn't his own abilities. His confidence was in Christ. He was qualified to be a follower of Christ by Christ. This is Colossians 1 verse 12. Giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance. God did that. It wasn't Paul. It wasn't them. It was God who did that. God is the one who qualified him. And that's where Paul's confidence was. It was God who called Paul, who saved Paul. It was God who made Paul an apostle. It was God who gifted Paul. And now it was God that was working through Paul to reach the people of Colossae, or to reach the people of Corinth. Not God. Not God. Not, not Paul, but God. Uh, he was gifted by Christ. Look at verse 5. It says, Not that we are sufficient in ourselves to claim anything as coming from us. Our sufficiency is from God. Paul, as we look at his life, we see that he was a man with an enormous amount of zeal. He was more zealous for God than anybody else. More zealous for the things of Christ than anyone else. He did not rest in that. Paul had a highly trained mind. He did not rest in that. That was not where his trust lied. Paul's trust and his knowledge and his ability and all of that he recognized was from God not of himself but from God and that's where his confidence lied look at verse 6 he says who has made us sufficient to be ministers it's interesting that he saw his sufficiency coming from God God is the one who's made us sufficient to be ministers. Now, we looked at this verse last week when we were together. This is 2 Corinthians 2, verse 16. Paul speaking about his fragrance. He says, To one, a fragrance from death to death, to death to death, to the other, a fragrance from life to life. And then he asks the question, Who is sufficient? For these things and then we fast forward here to verse 6 God has made us sufficient to be ministers God has made us sufficient to be that fragrance that fragrance that brings death that fragrance that brings life when people see and hear the gospel message of Jesus Christ it's a fragrance of life when they reject the gospel message, it's a fragrance of death. Not because of how great Paul was, but because of God. It's God alone who can make an inadequate person, an inadequate natural man, to be adequate for supernatural works. It's only through God. This is John 15 verse 5. And it says, I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart 
from me, you can do nothing. Without God, we can do nothing. And that's where Paul recognizes his sufficiency is from God. Not because Paul was a great guy, but because of God. That's where his sufficiency was. John the Baptist's response was spot on. Remember when all of his disciples came to John the Baptist and they said, hey, that Jesus guy is starting to baptize more people than you are. Uh, we really need to pick up our game. We need to maybe spend some more on some TV ads, maybe put something on Facebook, let social media take it. You remember that? And Jesus or John looked at them and he said this in John 3.30, he must increase, but I must decrease. That's the Apostle Paul's mindset. It's all about God. It's all about God. It's not about me. My sufficiency is in God. He's the one who is the credentials here. It's not me. It's all about God. It's all about Christ. This is what God has called me to. This is what Christ is doing through me. And I think it's interesting as we look at this, look at verse six with me. It says, he's made us sufficient to be ministers of a new covenant. He's made us sufficient to be ministers. That word for ministers that he uses there is a word for servants. He makes us servants. He makes us servants of a new covenant. Paul once again shares that it's not his doing. God qualified Paul for his position. It wasn't Paul. God did that. Paul did not do that. This is in Acts 20, verse 24, and Paul says this, but I do not account my life of any value, nor as precious to myself. If only I may finish my course and the ministry that I received from the Lord Jesus to testify to the gospel of grace, of the grace of God. That was Paul's ministry. As he's writing this letter to the people of Corinth, he says, what are my credentials? I don't have to have credentials. My message is from God. This is, this is God's message. This is the message that was given to me by God. This is the message that I've proclaimed to you. This is the message that's changed your lives. I stand behind this. It's all about God. It was nothing about Paul, but it was all about God. And notice it says he's made us sufficient to be ministers of a new covenant. Paul was a minister of this new covenant. This new covenant is the covenant that Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ himself inaugurated. This new covenant is better than the old covenant. This new covenant is not a covenant that can be combined with the old covenant. When this new covenant is entered into, those who enter into this new covenant become new creatures in Christ. Those who turn to this new covenant are enabled to have a personal relationship with God. Without entering into this covenant, it's impossible for man to have a relationship with God. This relationship is centered around Christ and it's centered around the works of Christ and nothing else. And Paul says, that's the ministry that I've been given. That's the ministry that's been handed to me. And that is a ministry that's from God. 
I don't need man's stamp of approval. This is the ministry that God has given to me. Verse 6, it says, Not of the letter, but of the Spirit. For the letter kills, but the Spirit gives life. The letter kills seems to be speaking of the law. The law itself is good. This is in Romans 7, verse 12. So the law is holy. The commandment is holy and righteous and good. The law is good, but the law condemns. You see, the law records for us what God's standard is. This is God's standard. This is where the requirement is. And when that standard is not met, a violation takes place. And when we violate the law in one place, the entire law is broken. This is James 2 verse 10. For whoever keeps the whole law but fails in one point has become guilty of all. Whoever keeps the whole law but fails in just one place fails the whole law and they're guilty of it all. The law cannot give life. It is impossible for the law to give life. Romans 3.20 says this, For by works of the law, no human being will be justified in his sight, since through the law comes knowledge of sin. Those who seek salvation through the keeping of the law fail. They fail every time. It is impossible to keep the law. But under the new covenant, the Spirit gives life. Under the new covenant, the Spirit gives life. One must place their faith in Christ, recognizing our sin as a violation of God's perfect law, realizing that there's no way that we can achieve that perfection without someone saving us. Jesus Christ came into this world and He lived perfection. He upheld the law in every place. And because He did that, he can redeem us. And He's willing to redeem us. If we would turn and look to Him, that's the new covenant. That's the ministry that Paul was in. And that's the ministry that continues today. Without the gospel message, we are doomed. Romans 3.28 says this, For we hold that one is justified by faith apart from the works of the law. So there you have it. The credentials for self. Paul did not desire to share and to proclaim his own credentials. His confidence was in Christ. His selection as an apostle was in Christ. His Proclamation of the good news of Jesus Christ was from Christ. It wasn't something he developed. It was from Christ. And that's where Paul's confidence was, was in Christ. So what do we take home from this? What do we apply to our Sunday afternoon? I think the first thing that we have to remind ourselves of is the fact that the gospel changes lives. The gospel changed the lives of of the people of Corinth and the gospel still changes lives it has not changed it's still the same 
and it changes hearts. Sometimes we can be tempted to think, well, we need something more modern. We need something more new. Those things don't change lives. The gospel message is the only thing that changes lives. And we need to remind ourselves of that. And as we think about the gospel message and how it changes lives, as we examine our own lives, is there evidence in our own lives that the gospel message has changed us? Is there something different about us because of the gospel message? There was certainly something different in Paul's life because of the gospel message. There was some, certainly something different in the lives of the people of Corinth because of the gospel message that Paul brought to them. Has the gospel message changed our lives? If the gospel message has changed our lives, if there's been a change in our lives, and if we've trusted Christ as Lord and Savior, as a result of that, we have become ambassadors of Christ. That's what Paul was as he went to Corinth, was an ambassador of Christ. We, as followers of Christ, we become ambassadors of Christ. So as we think about being ambassadors of Christ, we have credentials. Not because of where we went to school, not because we're over six foot or below six foot. Our credentials are because of Christ. And if we've trusted Christ and Christ alone for our salvation, that's the only credential we need. And as we go out as ambassadors, as we should, we have the credentials of Christ behind us. We may not have the wood frame, but we have a wooden cross. Because that's how our credentials were given to us. That's what makes the difference. So we should be living just as Paul lived, as ambassadors, going with those credentials that have been given to us, going boldly with those credentials. Not confidence in our own selves, but confidence in Christ. Confidence in Christ. So I have a question for you. As we think about our Sunday afternoon as an ambassador, as a follower of Christ, are you serving as an ambassador? We think about Paul and his service going to the uttermost parts of the world. That was Paul's service for the king. Each one of us have, as ambassadors, have different tasks, we have different roles, we have different areas of ministry, but we're still ambassadors, we're still representatives of the Lord Jesus Christ with outstanding credentials. Are we serving God as an ambassador? Are we serving or are we waiting on the sidelines? I want to encourage you and I want to double dog dare you with the credentials that you have, you should be serving the one true God.